Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. That is not a pink drink. Oh, yeah, it's got a little spice to it. Is that all the do? The dude. Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to the OK Center Podcast. Coming at you from the OK Center Podcast studio. We have a bunch of announcements to get through here coming out of ATA, heading into the new year, more or less officially, I suppose. I think we did one or two episodes this month already, but it, it takes everybody a minute to like get through the beginning part of the month because there's a lot of... Things that carry over from the... Still chaos. Yeah. But uh, the big one on the screen, as you can see, uh, presenting sponsor, Half Rack. Heck yeah. I, I don't know how to say it. They're uh, a match made in heaven for us as far as like the products that they have, their demeanor, their brand mission ethos, and what we stand for. Not only that, just to be quite frank, they ponied up the cash. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest Like, let's here. just be freaking real. Well done we on all fronts, Saffron. Yeah, so um, they're going to be the presenting sponsor of our YouTube also. And, um, yeah, they're going to give us, we're going to have a lot of half-rack stuff to be using for the upcoming season. season. Yeah. So that's that's kind of exciting. That's big news. Um, other news, other news, other news. I know I, tell, I told you guys all the news so I could get it out of my head, and now I'm, like, cycling through it. Um, Trade shows. I'll start there. March uh, 3rd through the 5th, I think, is the Iowa Deer Classic. Uh, for sure, Tyler and I will be there. Good job, Greg. And I think Greg's going to... I got to talk to you about the booth. Uh, so actually, TJ with Half Rack built his booth like in a day, which... W- I pretty much had ours built in a day. You, yeah, that's true, actually. You guys are freaking incredible. I don't know. I'm just not handy enough to do that. Although I did bring Fred Bear back to life last night in an hour, so that was, was pretty, pretty weird. Pretty interestingly <laughs> interesting. impressive, just, I guess. I was just messing around with a bunch of AI stuff. A little bit freaked out by that, but, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a different skill set. Uh, I have a certain <laughs> set of skills. Um, no, so, uh, yeah, March, that's my birthday weekend, actually. I'll be in Iowa. And then at the end of March is the uh, open season sportsman show at the Kalahari in the Wisconsin Dells, which you guys were both at last year. That's the booth you built. Yep. And uh, we have new stuff coming out. I think we're going to have uh, buck grunt tubes that are hand-spun by Weathered Oaks Game Calls. We're uh, partnering with those guys to spin our own uh, branded game calls. We have two different uh, types, a light color and a dark color. They're both handheld, like, smaller and they form factor. And awesome. Yeah, I got one on the table there. I know we were messing around with it last week. Uh, and then we got gun sleeves or socks. I don't know what to call them. Um, I'd show it on the camera, but, like, everyone listening is not going to know. But it's buffalo plaid. It says, okay, it's Hunter. It's got the antler on it. It's pretty big, and it's got some elasticity to it, so even with a scope on it, you'll still be able to fit your rifle in there. Uh, yeah, you can fit anything from uh, a, a shotgun for grouse or waterfall hunting all the way up to uh, a rifle with a scope. Well, that leads me to the other point, which is like maybe even fishing rods. 
Do you want to tell everyone what you've been working on? Mm, we're not there yet. It's this month. It's happening. Well, it, yeah, it's <laughs> happening. So, I mean, you can fit a couple tip-ups in there maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. I don't know. It's like pretty long. Yeah. You got a takedown. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. A pair of beaver dams would fit in there real nice. Just mm. take the hooks off. Yeah, yeah, you don't so want to. getting them out of there. No, yeah, yeah. But this has like moisture wicking technology woven yeah, into the fabric. That's great. That's great. So just a really neat product. Um, so those are two things that are going to be going to trade show with us. We have new hat designs coming out uh, on the duck front. We have the Can't Eat the Bands hats. Uh, a few different colors. We're restocking on everything also. I think we're adding a new color, biscuit and black. It's like a mustard hat color for the shooter buck ones. Sweet. Um Okay, and then, so the thing Greg didn't tell you that I was hoping he would say, no, I have well, to say. I can say, say it. Yeah, yeah We're just, working on a fishing podcast. What's it called? It's named perfectly. It is named perfectly because <laughs> we're all just okay, right? Yeah. It's going to be the okayest fisher podcast. You're holding back here on us. No, I'm not, I'm not holding back too much. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to pause so you can get a little bit out of your mouth. Yeah. Because we know you have diarrhea once in a while. Yeah, it's a thing. It happens. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start off talking some ice fishing and we're going to work our way through a few other things we're going to be talking about fishing everything salt water fresh water we got experience in a little bit of everything and then there's always those dream fishing trips so we're going to be covering all that yeah i mean uh matt strime who's co-hosting with you mm-hmm. uh he's a musky guy big time musky guy but he honestly like him and i are cut from a lot of the same cloth like you guys if if it's gonna put a bend in the rod, why not go fish it? A bend in the rod. Oh, that's right. Bent pole. Uh, so th- we we tried to do some okay some okay Fisher stuff like a year ago, and I just I couldn't handle all of it. It was too much. So no, it, I like, remember being down <laughs> down in Florida surf fishing and seeing all these coolers run by with all sorts of stickers. Going, you know, an okay Fisher sticker would look pretty cool yeah. on a cooler down here. Yeah, we do have merch for the fishing side. We just haven't promoted it or anything so this will be a good avenue for that mm-hmm. um but everything from musky to you know uh coho and king salmon and, and lake trout to uh bluegills ice you know ocean yeah uh, I mean, you know sharks, golf I'm, I'm heading down into march so i won't be at the trade show in mm-hmm. march at the end of march uh i'll be in florida not sadly catching fish yeah good place to be surf fishing with a yinling if i uh yeah. if i know you <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right yeah that sounds like a nice time. So everything's on the on the on the docket from whiting and pompano all the way up to redfish and sharks. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Uh, other announcements: our YouTube show titled uh, first season is titled. We'll see how it goes. Um, you're right; it's a good name. We didn't know what we were getting into, and the whole season we're like, we'll see how it goes. Our wives roasted us. We haven't seen that footage yet. I haven't <laughs> yeah, seen that footage. I have no idea what to expect. It'll be good. I think my wife is a little ringleader of that group. So I'm not sure. I don't know what it's, what it's going to be like. I actually have no idea how it's going to come together other than it's a mockumentary style. Not an actual mockumentary, but a style, which is like the it office of hunting. So, yeah. And then as we go into this year, we're going to find more opportunities to get guys with cameras to follow us around fishing, duck hunting, uh, deer hunting, all, all of it. Um, for some reason, the fishing is just going to be so much easier to make content for, you know, than, than hunting. Like, I've... I don't want to say I've all but given up, but I've all but given up on toting the camera, the arm, and all that garbage out to the tree with me. I'm at this at this point in the season, it's late season, like you can't get away with a whole lot of movement. So cell phone, you get you get selfies of me whispering at the cell phone, and that's about it. 
Yeah. Tom DeCrate just commented he plans to stop by this year in the Dell. That'd be great to see him. Cool. He made us one of those pot calls over there, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Let me put it in the mail and send it over here. Um, yeah. Oh, turkey hunting. Something else we're going to. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll definitely will try filming some turkey hunts. And That's that, another big one I just yes. skated right over because yeah, I'm not yeah, a big yeah. turkey hunter. But So we're going to try and get you to try and remember to buy a tag, seeing as how you didn't apply for a tag. Classic. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> Beginning of March, you better be ready. Like, I'm going to send you two reminders. And then Derek... It sounds like we'll be at a trade show. <laughs> I don't Iowa. care. You're going you're gonna to take time off. Kicking them out of the booth. You're kicking them out of the booth. Go you're going to your tail. quiet little yep. corner, and you're going yeah, to log in yep. to your Go Wild account and buy your tag. Not oh. Go Wild, but Go Wild. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Did I... Yeah, the Wisconsin Go Wild, uh, which is like the DNR thing. Did I miss anything? Did I cover what I said I was going to cover? I think I got it. But you I do have to call it... I have to call our sponsors. Um, Spartan Forge, still best pals, uh, even though they're not literally like, you know, the presenting one on the on the screen. Um, we use their technology heavily. They're a, a leader in that space. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care who's been leading it. They are the up-and-coming leader mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So I'll get in line and follow those guys wherever they're going to take us, and I, I think it's wonderful what they're building. Um, so SpartanForge.ai, use the code OHP, save yourself some money. If you're going to get it anyways, why not save the money, right? Um Latitude Outdoors, speaking of those guys, they won the best new product from yeah. ATA, yes. the, the Carbon uh, Speed, Stick Ser- Speed Stick Series um, SS. Yeah, that's how they're saying it. Uh, I held that thing. It, it's 19 ounces. Um, it's like cradling a baby. It, it, it weighs like, like nothing. It's like a, and then they double as rattling antlers. <laughs> that's about the noise they make. They have those. What are those black? You ever see those? Guys? That's rack. what it's like. Yeah. Rack. I don't. That's like? probably how I would describe it. To be quite frank, that that's annoying. So like, do you have is to it, wear a flat brim hat in order to use them? <laughs> I don't mean people wearing flat brim hats. Bit, so you got to give them those grandpa sideways. hats that we have. No. Then <laughs> you're then you're a new trend. But they they spent three years developing that product um, to bring it to market, and and they were like pretty nervous about how it was going to debut, the feedback they would get, and it was just nothing but positivity. Pouring from every corner. Their booth was filled mm, the whole freaking time. Let's pump the brakes on the positivity. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> let's let's dive into that just for a minute. Hey, we didn't get through the rest the of our sponsors. Part? We didn't get into everybody yet. All right, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll pick this up. Finish we can stay positive about things, Greg. Uh, no, no. There's Greg's, just, Greg's got a fire lit under his ass. Just some things I got to get off my chest. Holy, say it with your chest. Just say it with my chest. Uh, Vector Custom Shop. We're going to be doing a lot of collaborating with those guys this year. So expect to see more from the two of us together doing some some hunts. I know I have an outstanding invite to Texas to kill some hogs. I think that would be fun when if I can pull it off. I don't know. I don't know when they're going. i got to figure it out. I thought um, I heard something like February. That's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, maybe. It depends on when they're doing it specifically. But it could be fun. Um, and Go Wild, I wanted to talk about them for two seconds because they... There's a lot going on with those guys, but the big thing I'll I'll note is that their UTV giveaway that I mentioned last week is officially like that campaign or that giveaway is off the ground. If you haven't seen this thing, you got to do is open up the app. It's on the cover screen when you load, and uh, it's pretty rowdy. So it starts. It started yesterday, the 16th. I think today's the 17th. Yeah, and it goes to March 31st. So all you have to do to enter is be a member or become a member if you're not. And if you are a member and you want to increase your odds of winning, just start sharing that app with everybody. And everybody that signs up from your unique code that you send from within the app um, will be another entry into winning this thing. Sure So if you're on Go Wild and you're listening and you want to win this thing, just start sharing the shit out of it, really. You got to be in it to win it. That's a good point. 
thing's about 10 times better than my current vehicle. <laughs> yeah, they're expensive. Maybe 12 times better. <laughs> Maybe 12. Um, they also are going to be at the Great Which American one? Outdoor Show, Chaos, as oh, it's oh. called. Wow. Booth 412. I'm not going to be there. But if you're there, stop by and tell them OKS Hunter sent you. Maybe they'll give you a hat or something. I'm making that up. I, they they or they might they're going to have to now. Chips and some they're going to say like, hey, they might give you a black eye. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, I hung out with those guys at ATA. We went to um, we had a like Saturday night. There was a dinner thing going on, and then the next morning I got breakfast with those guys. A good bunch. So they uh, they got a good platform. They got a lot of talent on their team. They're going to build some pretty cool shit. Uh, all right, Greg. I don't know the topic today. Now that we're through all of the announcements, like 20 minutes later, is hunting controversy. Pick one, anyone, and everywhere you look, there's a controversy. Am I not right? I mean, it only takes one you. person. It only be so controversial. All it out takes of the one person on any social media platform to post about something new and great that they think is new and great, and you got ten other people ready to shit on them for it. Why is that? It's a weird thing. I think it's a bit of institutionalization. Like if if you've only had a certain way that you've hunted because your grandpa and his grandpa and his grandpa had done it that way, that's what you know to be true. And it's visceral because you have those, like those roots tied back to family. So when someone does something different, they tell you that's not how I do it. It's two of the same things happening. It's the other person with the visceral response tied to family legacy and the other one doing the same with family tradition or whatever. And then they're doing this. They're just butting heads because that's not the way that we did it. That's not the way that I do it. And I don't give a shit how you do it. Just have fun and hunt deer. There's not, it doesn't need to be that effing complicated, but people get in these battles right now. So it's interesting. This comes up because of ATA on the backside of ATA, short of the positivity that latitude had. Um, there's all this controversy about stands, um, new technology with cell cams and streaming features. You know, um, there's old controversy always about like bait piles. And, you know, if you're using a crossbow, you're not a real hunter you know, at some point, do we need to all go back to using, you know, a, a spear or a broadhead in my hand? Like, how far do we need to take You'll it to be a real like hunter? You'll end up like the You better be careful. You know? I don't They follow us, and they seem to like our stuff. So I don't know much about those guys, but... Uh, I don't think they follow us that closely. I don't know. I was messaging <laughs> the guy. He, like, blew out his elbow or something weird. Did you see that? On his way to prison or on his way to court? I don't know. Craig, just I'm serious. bringing the heat. Writing, writing restitution uh, checks. Writing restitution oh. checks. Seriously. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Got, I don't see. This is the thing. Out a few pounds, I'm, I'm like, sure. I'm like the NASCAR driver that just avoids the accidents. I am so out of touch with the shit that goes on. Cause I don't pay go, attention to go it. Follow because you Dan push G away all the negativity. Yeah. You're a positive poly. Dan so Johnson it's, it's, just made a, a light post in the dark. You're a yeah. light in the dark. Chase, yeah. Chase Baker. Congrats on your podcast, by the way, Chase. 6.5 Creedmoor. Heaven forbid you use one of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you sent me a meme today see the meme. <laughs> about the 6.5 Creedmoor. I don't get I see what I mean. I just don't understand. I don't get it. What's the problem? It comes down to people are just yeah. afraid of new things. Afraid so like of new things. Five years ago when saddle hunting was like, I mean, people had saddle hunted for a long time. Yeah. Asking but now all of a sudden, it's just hunting. like public land. Yeah, all it of a sudden, it's cool. cool. It's it cool again. It became cool, and then or people were like, cool. oh, it's just a fad, it's stupid, and then here it is. It's still going on like crazy. Yeah, it's grown grown feet and put on tennis shoes, and now it's running. <laughs> I like hunting out of a saddle. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I, 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 I see enjoy it's, it. I see places for it. I don't use it every time, but I, I don't mind it. But then there's no, re yeah, there's no reason to knock someone for no. it. Like, who cares? Who cares? Like, literally, who cares? <laughs> What's up? Like, hey, you. It's like that. What's that? What's that uh, video? Or like, uh, what's your name? You know, yeah. Ezekiel. Fuck you, Ezekiel. Like, hey, Tony. Yeah, hey, Tony. Tony. Thank you, Tony. Like, what? 
what happened? Why do we need to shut? Like, could you imagine if, like, a saddle hunter, a tree stand hunter, and a climbing stand hunter, this, and a ground and pound guy, we're all in the happen. same one acre square, and just on four corners, but yelling at each other? Yeah. That's bullshit. You shouldn't do it that way. That would never happen. And You'd we, never yell at someone in real life. We like, see what's it every deal? year between tree stand manufacturers. Oh, you know, it, it, it's been an ongoing battle with I own the patent on this. Uh, no, we were the first to do that. And that paint job is ugly. And that design is stupid. Don't care. I bailed out of two groups over uh, on social media because I got tired of seeing it. The, just the, the poop slinging? Yeah, uh, done. Yeah. I don't, I don't Sh- need to be part of this. Throwing whatever it's called. Yeah, talk about deer hunting strategy. And at this point in time, we've heard just about everything there is to hear about deer hunting strategy. Let's go out and just do it. Yeah, you got to hunt. I'm done. As soon as you said it, that like, uh, you know, everybody's doing the same thing, which is how mm-hmm. you do it. Like, I mean, like if we were neighbors and you ate Cinnamon Toast Crunch and I ate Cheerios and I was like, you're fucking stupid because you eat, you eat. How could you eat those? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Like, how could you eat your, those? Your that's totally. The like ingredients are, are trash, you know? You drive a Kia and eat crayons. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. I just, you know, and, and so like it's it's rooted deeply for us in our mission to end hunter bashing because the, the bashing that goes on, like I, I actually look at all this stuff as a form of like what I would like, you know, it's, it's not some leftist attitude of like hunt shaming or whatever, but it, but it is a thing. It's just, it just becomes a little ridiculous. The one that I'll get on board with to some degree is high fence. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but people do it and it's okay. If that's what you want to do and that's what you're doing, I, I don't, it's out of my purview. I don't need to waste energy like freaking out about it. I'm assuming there's a lot of ethics that go on inside of those fences that make that, uh, you know, a useful thing for the people participating. Here's the thing, um, too. Like, people that shoot huge deer in high fences, they mm-hmm. don't make the news. They don't make record books. They're not in any other. They're not playing the same all. game. They're not why playing the same game. Why let it bother you? So why exactly. let it bother you? Exactly. They're not affecting whatever your end goal is. Yep. They're not. It's not real hunting. Well, it depends on how big the freaking fenced in area is because there's some ranches in Montana that are pretty effing in big Texas, that I would get lost Texas. on for sure. Texas is even bigger. You could die in one of those damn things, you know, if you don't bring water, right? So, and it all comes down to preference. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. Like if someone a- said, "Hey, go hunt hogs in Texas," guess where I'm probably gonna end up? Probably gonna end up on a freaking fence. Well, tunnel. at that point, it's a management call. Yeah, you're, you're doing the right thing for that piece of land, regardless if it's got a fence or not. We know what hogs do to land; they destroy it. So why not take advantage of helping out that landowner and get rid of some hogs? <laughs> Mike, Eric eats crayons. Do I eat crayons, Greg? I do drive Once a Kia, a you asshole. <laughs> I saw a red crayon in your whiskey glass. It's only Once. half there. <laughs> yeah, only half marks on it. It's a lot of teeth. I also marks drive a Ford, but whatever. You know, well, I don't know you, there's probably a problem with that too. Like, oh, oh you drive right, a Ford? See? You gotta be kidding exactly. me. Chevrolet all yeah, the way. Here we go. And then you got the guy that drives a Mopar. Get get him out of here. <laughs> and you know what it comes down to is people always want to interject that they know something. Right, like on social yeah. media, they want to prove it could that be they useful. know something, yep. and the best way to do that is by making someone else look like they don't know something. Yeah. Right, so it's like, look at what I know. I know this. Let me push it down your throat a couple times and a couple comments over and over to make you look stupid. So then somehow I look cool. Yeah, and that doesn't ever work. It's not a good approach. No. The the fastest way to like put someone's guard up is to attack their belief system. So when you're doing that, you're you're making it worse immediately. There's got to be, like, ask them a question. Like, have a dialogue. Maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you don't know everything. And maybe you'll switch from saddles to tree stands. But the you funny know, part is, is, like, I've attempted to have dialogues with some people like that. And they, they, they clam up. They, they block you. They, 
They go. The oh, I don't way. even engage. Like, okay. I don't even. I honestly. Why did you even make that comment? I mean, where where are you coming from? Yeah, I'll engage sometimes. A lot of them won't. A lot of them won't engage back. They won't try to explain themselves at all. Mm-hmm. They just they're keyboard cowboys. I just never see this stuff happening at like back when we had check-in stations, registration stations. It didn't. You know, and I, I think That's I wrote an article it about this in the back of the station wagon where you couldn't hear it. They right. They, they, they had the opinions, media. but they kept them to themselves. And now, now it's just a free for all. And people that are beating up on these companies, man, you know how hard it is to run a fucking company? <laughs> Have you ever filed a patent? Do you know how much lawyering that takes? What a pain in the dick it is to do that. It's freaking crazy. Huge. It's it's not fun. It's it's terrible work. Like I would never ever want to be a patent lawyer. Like I'll throw up my mouth and go drive into a brick wall before I have to do that crap. But the companies do this stuff. They go down these paths. They go through this work. They're they're supporting. They're paying employees to to manufacture things and assemble them. They're paying a supply chain. They're paying, you know, someone that drives a FedEx truck that's got to feed his family. They're part of an ecosystem, and we're using their products in the in the stands, in the trees. Like, if it's safe and it meets the requirements, guys, what's the deal? And then there's, like, the argument, it's China-made, China-made, China-made. Well, guess what? The advantage of that, it's a lower price point. You're going to get a lower quality product, but you're going to save some money. Yeah, there's a accommodating the preference across the board here. But Unless that guy's, you know, on the bro staff for XYZ product, he's going to bitch and complain that XYZ product that's supposed to be American made is too expensive. But he got on the bro staff and then now he's talking shit and then saying crap about stuff made in China. The reality of it is China's here to stay until somebody nukes them off the map. Well, what about the big box stores like (laughs) Menards, Fleet Farm, Cabela's, Bass Pro? The stuff that's in those stores... I couldn't even tell you what those brands are. Those brands touch those more people than anything we're talking about. Not American no, very You're correct. They're not. But how many people are buying that stuff? And there's Thomas. not a peep about it. Yeah. Those, those companies don't have Facebook groups. They're not trying to you satisfy the client. You don't hear customer. anybody on mobile hunters complaining about Ameristep and River's Edge and no. all the or a big dog tree and stands I know those or whatever. Are not mobile. Yeah, those no. are not mobile. But it's the same cup of tea you're just sipping on them, right? Well, like, that, come the, on. I yeah. think those markets are like. You know, they're trying to sell to private land owners because they're going to buy 20 stands at a time, not one. You know, and then the guys that are doing this stuff, like the Latitudes where, you know, they're out of Michigan, they're American-made, they're working really hard on product, their development is pretty top-notch, they wait a long time to bring it to market because they have their eyes dotted and their T's crossed. When it's market, it's getting a good response because genuinely good people that worked really hard to do something, thought about a lot of considerations, and I, I was worried for them too. Like, oh God, I hope you guys don't get like shit on for this. Yeah. Just because, like, how deflating, you know? Well, Could you know imagine? good guys. Yeah. They mean well. They just want to do the right thing by yep. their customers. Yep. I don't know. So that's one big thing. The the stuff. So Mark Kenyon with Wired to Hunt, uh, one of the mediator brands, posted a video. I, I I don't know. It was today, I think. That's when I saw it, anyways. Yeah. About these. I didn't, I didn't even know what this is or who's doing it, but, like, live stream cell cams that just stream to you rather than like a and there was a couple of movie steer movie star deer hunters that were kind of talking to these people about it i don't remember the name of the manufacturer i'm sure we could find it but it better we don't for the sake of the show yeah exactly because we don't want to shame them for that but to your point and you know our buddy byron he also has brought it up multiple times Mm -hmm. i mean it's all over his feed is it really Ethical. Is it ethical to hunt? Or where does the line exist then? Yeah, where does the line exist? And Byron's stance, for anybody listening that doesn't follow him, is... His white tail experience, by the way, is Byron Horton. Byron Horton. um, Been in the industry for quite a while. Done some really nice work. And Byron's stance is anti-cell cam. Right. He does not use them. 
he thinks that if you're using real-time data to harvest animals, that is borderline unethical. It is going trending hunting in the well. There's certain direction. states that are banning right. it. Anyway, to paraphrase like, these, are not just, words out of his mouth, right? Just from what I've kind of gathered. And to kind of add to that, like you and I are both seeing it. We go into a piece of public. Oh, there's a cell cam there. There's a cell cam. You don't see any hunters out there, but there's cell cams all over the place. Everywhere. Oh, we're gonna kill them from the couch. Who says, he can't, who says he can't come well, from, from the couch, guys? <laughs> well, let's talk about that in a minute, but let's first just address the cell cam. But, but I'll, yeah. I'll add that there are states that are, are uh, regulating West, and, ba- and banning Western that. Western states, um, Western states in particular. And there's thoughts around like that it's stressful for the animal to have that much technology in the freaking deer woods. I don't know what truth there is to that, the science of, behind that, but um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean... It, it, we're to the point now where I think any deer born within the last 10 years has seen a cell cam or a trail camera, I should say, a trail camera. That's a different point. They've, we don't got to yeah. flesh that point but, out. But, uh, you know. They've seen them. Yep. So it's like another, oh, there's another thing that a human left in the woods. Well, I guess we'll kind of stay clear of that. It is a, we'll it is a convenience. It. I remember my dad got the first trail camera he got was, I was a teenager in high school. I mean, the thing, I don't remember how the hell it worked. It wasn't great. We left it up north in the Nicolay. Came back a year later, got it, and he pulled pictures. It, it was probably cool took to four see. D-cell yeah, cell batteries. Yeah, it probably did. Honestly, it, and it was like, oh, pounds. cool, was Dad. You're going. Was it a digital camera? Oh, I don't know. I think it had like a flash or something. Probably. Uh, it was not. Digital. It wasn't like infrared. It was like one I of the first to, gen. I used to white run flash. the twenty-four exposure white flash trail timer camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was probably probably twelve or thirteen. And I'll bet that thing cost you ten years in allowances to buy too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was expensive back then. I think it was like 150 bucks, And uh, you put it out, and most of the time, like, the deer had never seen a camera, so you'd get one deer mm-hmm. that walks in front and then gets curious, and then your entire roll of film was one deer looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> you got pictures from one day, the first hour, and then no more pictures. Oh, well. But the ethics of, like, the... the cell. I, I think there is a certain convenience to cell cam. Like, I had one. And I didn't have other trail cams either. I had literally a cam. And I put it out, and it was just fun for me to see. And it was giving me intel, and I didn't have time to go check stuff. So, like, if I had to put a regular trail cam out, I would have checked it twice, maybe. Um, the other times I probably was hunting. So I'd have been getting intel at that moment to inform a potential hunt, which would have been, like, a lagging data source. So the cell cam stuff going off, it told me there were deer there, but I didn't, I didn't kill a deer that season. You know, it didn't, it didn't do that much more for me. And there are guys that are running several trail cams, and there's software that exists that you can stack on top of that that will identify the various bucks and help you pattern them through algorithmic stuff. Wind and pressure. Yep. yep. Increasing your odds of, of success. So then, yeah, you like, you're going to beg on the high fence hunter, but then you have every tool under the hood of your car ready to roar on hunting season. And, and where do those lines start to blur? So what's your thought? What's I don't know. I, I think the streaming is I'll, I'll go, I'll stand hard today and say that streaming is too far. Um, I still think you're not going to have, like, if it's me going out there and I can see bucks streaming on my phone real time as I'm walking out, I'm still going to fuck that up. (laughs) 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 It's like, it ain't me that's going to take advantage of this. But I also, like, I can't imagine what the cell data plan is for that. I can't imagine what that does to the batteries. I can't imagine what that does to, like, your dopamine receptors. (laughs) Like, I'm just, it's, it's not for me. And I think it takes, you know what, you know what, I don't run any trail cams because I just don't have time to. And cell cams are expensive and I'm on public land. I'm not trying to like throw money down the actual toilet. So for me, when this buck walked out, it was a surprise. When I saw the six pointer three days earlier, it was a surprise. 
And to me, that keeps my happiness level right where it needs to be. It doesn't matter what I'm seeing. If I'm seeing some, I'm excited about it because I got in close to a buck twice in three days within 20 yards and shot arrows at him. Like, that's it for me. Heck I don't yeah. need. So that's my stance. That's my stance. Nothing wrong with that. What about you? I'm, I'm kind of leaning along the same lines. Like, I have a couple cell cams, not going to lie. Um, they work great for intel on a couple pieces of property that I'm more or less trying to see what time the deer are going through, but that doesn't mean anything. Because, I, you know, if I know a deer's coming by at 1 o'clock one day, who's to say that the neighbor next door didn't walk through there, which there's evidence of that happening. You should have a cracker and some uh, some salmon there. Greg Salmon. Dip yeah. is phenomenal, by the way. You let the cat lick that off That's of your we're... beard later. <laughs> <laughs> the cat's Derek not... has a lot of cats. I'm sure he'll be happy when he gets home. Yes, oh, my will. God. They're not going to leave me alone for two days. <laughs> but anyway, um, as I was saying, like there are other variables that can screw it up. And I'm not the guy either that has the time to take advantage of intel that I'm getting right now in the middle of work. I, It's not happening. I'm not able to drop what I'm doing, grab my stuff, and go. And like you said, like if you don't have the right access, you're very well going to booger that whole thing up. So I can see the point of it not being ethical. I'm not using them unethically, I don't feel, in my pers- perspective. But, you know, someone else will call bullshit on it and tell me I'm full of it. That's fine. Go ahead. I don't care. So what about a guy brings 10 cell cameras on an out-of-state trip? Like you and I went to Illinois. Yeah. First day, litters the woods with 10 cell cameras. Then you're off for a week hunting. So you can use your time. Is that ethical? How are you How are you using it, though? Are you actually running around planting these things and waiting for a camera to go off and then grabbing your shit and running? Or well, are does, you, it are have you... to be, does it have to be a, a five-minute run it to make it unethical? Or if you see this deer pattering every night, but you're using that cell cam data without going in there, and then you set up the next night, it's just a time difference. It, you're right, it is. The difference is time. Yeah. The only way it's unethical is if you kill that deer, right? Is it pretty much what it pits you as you're unethical if you kill that deer? Or you're highly successful because you made it happen. You're like, whoa, that's the one. This is the target buck. And I know it's a target buck because I got him on on cell cam. This this could be said about, you know, when the compound bow was brought about. Well, so Mike Nutt is in the comments, and he said exactly that. He's like, at some point, we weren't able to – we didn't even have cell phones, guys. We had walkie-talkies. So at some point, I'm sure walkie-talkies were controversial. Mm -hmm. Whoa, dude. You got a walkie-talkie for that deer drive. That means you're coordinating how you're going through the woods. Like that adds a safety component, right? But also, then it's like, oh, are we cheating now? Roger, my location is uh, two clicks north of you. Ten like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should bring walkie-talkies back just for fun. Uh, you know, the season, season for our videos. Okay, stuff. Totally just straight up. Oh, we're totally doing Greg, that. where you at? <laughs> hey, you're scaring the deer away. Hey, it already you can make it do that, like do 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 sound. Yeah, that guy. Like the SOS alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right it. as you're drawn back and a doe blowing at you. That thing goes off in your pocket. Hey, Greg, seeing anything? Yeah. You fucker, <laughs> you ruined my hunt. <laughs> Gotta love technology. Yeah, man. But right, the, 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 it's just going to keep... So it's funny because I did that that uh, video of, of Fred Bear. I, I didn't type that. AI typed that. I literally said, tell me uh, your opinion about hunting in 2023 if you were Fred Bear and you're back, you came back to life and it wrote that some AI thing wrote that. That's creepy. I took that, got a picture of Fred Bear and it came up with the audio and made the mouth move. I didn't do it. 
that's AI. That's that's technology. That's dude. The rate. This is something that you know. When I was in my uh, professional employment place for the last five years, we talked about the rate of change and the rate of adoption. Rate of change is on an exponential curve with how modern technology is evolving. Which means one step on a linear line is one step on a linear line. One step on an exponential line is ten, you know, twenty, forty, so forth. So we're on this curve now where we're taking steps and technology is advancing faster than we can adopt to it. Like it's going to outpace our ability to like learn it. Like the AI stuff. You guys are like, what the fuck are you even talking about, Eric? <laughs> like I'm going to, if I don't stick with it, it's going to outpace me and, and everybody. That's just how it's going to work. So in the deer woods, of course, some of the stuff is going to bleed through because we're like humans. We're like, oh, let's innovate. Let's make something cooler here. Um, at some point, we're just going to be floating in trees. <laughs> like I got the no stand method. I hover. You know? Yeah, no stick method. And I use a blowgun. Well, there was a thing. This is what I was alluding to before with the streaming <coughs> thing. The Texas hunts. Have you heard that? That was a thing a couple of years ago. I'm pretty sure it got shut down. But some ranch in Texas, high fence, so they were there, dear. You didn't need a tag. But they had live feed cameras mounted to rifles, and you could pay and shoot a deer online. And they would ship you the meat and Oh, the no. That's the problem. So Where was this? Could, what was this? This is in Texas. Live feed cameras on their, you know, baited scenarios or baits or whatever. And it was literally on a rifle and you could control the rifle like a game and they would shoot deer and then somebody would go and recover the animal and ship them the meat and the horns for people who didn't have time to go hunting. Just go play a video game and go go to the store and buy meat. That was a real thing though. That happened. I mean, at what point are we just going to end up back in a gladiator world where we're fighting in an arena again? So don't say you can't kill a deer from the couch. <laughs> you can't. You can kill it from your office. Just <laughs> a lot of beer. No, it, it, it's a wild world. The controversial, these are controversial topics. Like I had someone, I saw someone getting an argument about, about uh, deer drives this past season. Yeah, see. It's our friends that are coming to the podcast studio, um, Eric Tasker and uh, Sean Ritter, um, who's like the country music host for the local radio station. Cool. Uh, oh, Ritter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, so they, uh, it was Eric that got into this debate with some about deer drives. And this guy's like, they're unethical. You, you shouldn't be doing them. I'm like, to what degree are they? I mean, there's a safety component. So, like, if you're going to do them, you, you got to really, like, I mean, be there's, careful. There's things to talk about with that for sure. I mean. There, are they, I think certain states don't allow it. It's very possible. I've, I've not done my homework on which states do and which states don't. But, you know, our surrounding states allow it. We, we allow it. We've all done them. Well, maybe you not. But I've done them, I did but not drive. big ones. I did bow drives last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But How'd you guys I do? Mean, uh, five does, one nice shooter buck, but uh, Adam didn't quite make it over to the spot that he wanted before we started, and okay. the buck ran right through that spot. He's like, it stopped perfectly. Oh, no. 30 yards from the property line, stood there on public, but he was he was on a different trail crossing just yeah. before that, so no opportunity to shoot. It was fun, though. Yeah. Two, I mean, there's there's a safety aspect of it, knowing where yep. everybody is, and you know, be sure of your target and what is beyond. That that's kind of tough. And when you're in the heat of moment, trying to shoot at a moving target, if you're not good and you're not, it can get it can get hairy. It can get hairy in a couple of ways. One, you're not making a fatal shot on that animal. You're making mm-hmm. a poor shot on that animal, which we've all seen happen. Um, then you're trying to play clean up after that, and if you don't get real fast on a follow up shot. That deer's off in the cover, and now you're trailing a faint blood trail, and, you know, that can go poorly, and that's a not-recovered animal. Um, the safety's part of it of, you know, you don't know where your, your drivers are, where your standards are. You get somebody in cover that's over your head. How do you keep everything straight? Is everybody carrying a compass? Probably not. 
you know, so you got to have the right people with. I think that's a ton of ton of the whole situation. People you know, people you know, and, and you people trust. you trust, and people you understand their shooting habits. Mm-hmm. If you just pull some random guy out of the public to come flank with you, eh, you're kind of taking a who, chance. Who is that guy that I'm going to say names, but there's a guy that killed a really big, really big buck. I think they call it carpet bombing or something. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? But, like, it's at that point when you're bringing 20 dudes into a marsh, combing through it, kicking everything out of there. Is that borderline unethical? Someone's going to kill it, maybe. You still to, the, to, to the purist. I know yeah. people that are that consider themselves pretty purist on, on all things deer, deer hunting. Um, they don't want to see anybody driving it mm-hmm. at all. They want those deer to come naturally. But the reality of it is if you're having a poor year, you want some deer meat, you got a couple of guys that are out there with you that they've had poor years or they've only got a couple of days to hunt. This goes back to, you know, our OKS mantra. It's my tag. It's my hunt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hunt it how I want. You try to do it ethically. but It's legal and ethical. Let's, on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's one that I'm not. I've I've done deer drives with my dad, like two-man deer drives, a couple buddy deer drives, and I've never had a lot of great success with them. So like, but um, but I, I don't know. On those same lines, like, I, I see the argument that it's not maybe ethical to push deer out of their sanctuary, but anyone who's done deer drives with less than 20 people, say, those deer know how to escape you. Oh, man. They know how to work right back. They get past people drive. all the time. Like, they're good. They are. Or they just lay down, and they wait for you to get past. Yeah, so that's a whitetail trick. They wait for you to get past, and they backdoor, and out you go, and hopefully you got a, a standard back there in an elevated position to take take one down ethically. The things I'm seeing here in the comments are actually, uh, you know, speaking to um, the reduction of herd and uh, deer hunting with Rick. The pheasant said, the right question is, can the herd withstand more successful hunting? It's a fair question. That's a very fair question. And that's where you got to be the judge of it and be the conservationist for that spot. And, you know, and a lot of it is like public hunting, public land come gun season gets treated as, well, it's public. Who gives a crap? Let's just go push it. And it could be just a random piece of public that you've never even set foot in. Maybe there is only three or four deer that live in, you know, 100 acres there because the deer density is so poor. Or you do a little more homework and you try to find a piece of property that, like, you know, I got lucky this year. There was a problem there. So I had opportunities, big time opportunities so i took advantage of it it's it's relevant to take and do some scouting and try and see what's in there yeah yeah no that is a good question i've got two aspects before we jump off the driving that's good that i think get to like ethical dilemma pushing out deer to me out of there and getting shots at them that's tough it's I don't find that morally wrong. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do find tricky, and Greg mentioned this, is in deer drives, a lot of people do a lot of shooting, and it's typically running deer cross areas. It's it's not great for the animal, right? Because <laughs> right. you mentioned it, it, there's a lot of bad shots, a lot of wounded shots, mm-hmm. a lot of lead flying through the air. That part bothers me a little bit. And then when you mentioned public land, uh, timing comes back in because there are groups, the hunting beast guys I know, do drives opening day on public land. Mm-hmm. To me... Just my view is if there's standers on a property, people sitting in stands waiting on opening day, you should not be driving that property. 
it's a it's an end of the season thing. naturally first yeah. yeah or like if nobody's there go for it i don't know mm-hmm. i don't care but if there are people who put in time to scout and pattern natural deer movement in my eyes they should have the first go but that's ethics on on you as the hunter and there's plenty of people that don't give a shit and oh yeah but then it's also like the there's plant. people who would say you know i'm hunting either way what's the difference which is true but one is disturbing the natural way of things, and right. what is not. So, in my eyes, I think that's not ethical. You wouldn't do. I wouldn't do that to somebody else. No, if I if I pull in a parking lot and see there's a lot of trucks, <laughs> and then I go to an area where I think I want to hunt, and I'm seeing orange all over the place. Guess what? I'm turning tail and I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> taking the time to hang a stand. Yep. Get in there quietly, and then I'm they gonna, gonna, go, I'm gonna go walk it, and yeah. then leave an hour later, and like just say, "Oh, have the remnants." Like that's not fair. I don't like that. No. But we're not the same as everybody else. Yeah. It's not well, there's a, you there's can a, do that. It's public land. You can absolutely do it. It's legal. There's just so many people in the damn world. So many people that hunt. There's so many different ways freaking to do people. things. It, you're gonna have. You're gonna have freaking people, man. You're just gonna have things that like aren't aligned with your viewpoint. That's just how it is. And and that's you know I just did this article about the Stoic philosophy stuff and Marcus Aurelius said I'm not gonna quote it here verbatim because I'm not that smart, but it's something along the lines of like. You're going to deal with assholes. You're going to deal with dumb people. You're going to deal with mean people. You're going to deal with people that don't like you, that like you. You're gonna, in your day, you're going to encounter these things. The only thing that you can control is how you respond and react to it. So, like, there's no point in getting all bent out of shape. You, you as a human, when you wake up, you know you're going to deal with these things today, tomorrow. You're going to have shit that doesn't go your way, especially when it comes to this stuff. So then why exert your energy getting all riled up about it? That's why I don't listen to talk radio anymore. I can't do it. It gets me all fired up. And I'm like, this is a bad use of my time. <laughs> like my kids don't need me to see me, see me all fired up. They need me to be a good dad and be present with them so I can get down and read books with them, not be thinking what the hell's going on and whatever. I just, I don't have the capacity in my life right now. Maybe when I'm old, I'll get to be an old curmudgeon. And I'll listen back to this episode and be like, oh yeah, you stood for nothing, Eric. <laughs> I mean, it's not true, but whatever. And what you said is spot on. Like that's, and we all know this, but like that's what social media has done is it's made it so easy to give a crap and say it without having any balls or gall. Like, yeah. you wanted to, like, confront somebody back in the day, like, you had to confront them, say, hey, you're wrong. And, like, most people just bit their tongue and didn't do that and went on about their business. Yep. But now it's so easy just to go, you're an idiot. Or you go to the bar and you get good and drunk and you tell the person right to their damn face. Yeah. And you'd be like, you know what, Al? I'm tired of you driving my freaking property. XLP tree stands are dumb! <laughs> yeah, the people just, yeah, they just shut it, you know, at each other's faces in the bar. And then there's a bar brawl and, like, pool six get broken and... The next day you come back to the bar and you're like, man, sorry about all that. Let's have your a buddies, beer. Yeah. yeah, you're good again. And that's the one thing about men, you know, just in general. If I'm not, I'm not like bashing on women here or anything because heaven, heaven knows my wife listens to this and I'm going to get, you know, you know, you know sh- <laughs> smited for it or something. But men, traditionally, you could tell something to another man's face. You could deal with it and put it to bed. Where's that? And you might be going to bed with a mouthful of bloody chiclets, but hey. Maybe, but it was resolved. Bad. You you said your piece. You you came to whether it's an agreement or not. You like all right. We're good now. You're stronger than me. I'm not going to keep talking to you about it. <laughs> or whatever. I'm not saying that's where need, things need to go. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just calling it out as an interesting point. Well, this is kind of a virtual <coughs> topic night. Like I've always secretly felt. Now don't don't you know take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, I you're on record that technically. That was, a, that was a that was a problem. Is like that like my dad's era, your dad's era. Like mm-hmm. that's what happened. Like guys let out. Their anger, their frustrations by just like brawling a little bit, fighting with each other, and then 
fighting got completely shut out of schools. Like, don't do it, can't do it, can't do Which it. Which makes sense to some degree. Which makes sense. But then, like, look at the rate of school shootings. All of a sudden, something that wasn't it's suppressed started happening. <clears throat> Maybe. People just compartmentalized things and held up this anchor until it was a point where they couldn't physically handle it. Well, and there's a lot more that leads to that, too. Absolutely. But it's a different topic. Yeah, all together. As SHOT Show is actually happening right now in Vegas. <laughs> no, uh, I don't, the number's on the screen, or it was, I'll put it back up there. Um, if you guys have, if you're brave enough, if you're, if you're man enough, I'll say that, to call into the or show. Enough, whatever it takes. Phone cojones are a thing. You can have keyboard cojones and phone cojones. You'll still say stuff on the phone that you won't say in person. I know this because I used to do customer service. When people walk into the store, they were a different human. There's a lot of than when they called. keyboard cowboys with assless chaps out there. Yeah. I remember a guy when I was working this job just ripped me a new asshole on the phone to get his computer. His computer's broke. I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, computer's fixed. Come and get it. It's fine. And I deal with this stuff all the time. So this dude comes into the store and tail in between his legs when he saw me. I was like, oh, not so big anymore, hot huh, pal? <laughs> what the fuck? You know, like, Did get it together. On purpose. And, hey, how you doing? What's that Taylor Swift song? I don't know. I'm not a Swifty. Calm down. It's 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> like you Jesus need to, you Karen. need to just calm down. Why are you coming at me? It's seven in the morning. Like it's something. Computer mouse inserted. <laughs> you're about to. But yeah. So the phone line. If you're on TikTok, because we can't see TikTok comments over there. I'm sorry, TikTok. I tried to do it to the computer. It just won't work. But the phone number is two six two seven five seven forty one twenty two. If you got a controversial point topic you want to bring up, let's flesh it out. Let's talk about it. Let's hear what we have to say. There's so many. There's so many. I mean, Josh Morrow, the hunt critic on TikTok, that's the way that's all his page is. He just picks up things and he like he, does he hashes them out. He's a it. smart young man. Yeah, he does well. He does well because he thinks about most of the different angles. I'm like, oh, I, I wouldn't have considered that and I would have got myself stepping in shit for well, it. Here's a guy who researches it too, though, like to the yeah. nth degree. To like, the nth degree. Yeah, so you got to get all the angles, all the considerations, all the points. Before you come at something, just get your facts right. Sadly, youth hunts have been super controversial the last two years. Yeah, I, that was a big thing. We youth talked hunts. about that yeah. on our social channels this year. Michigan, Michigan, I heard so Peep, much. Grown men. Well, that the kids are shooting, shooting their, their deer. Bucks. Come on. You got to be kidding me. You got, Greg, are you, are you one of those guys? I'm kidding. What? Wait, what is <laughs> that, well, damn, mean, your that damn Tucker Thomas, scene. man, he, he, he shot token, my deer. I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older than you guys, like. We didn't have youth hunts. So it was like, you know, part of the, the old curmudgeon says, well, they should have to suffer like I did and have to go out opening day when it's freezing ass cold. Not get this, you know, they'll do that. They hunt. should do that too. Not get this lollipop hunt in October where the weather's nice and they're swatting mosquitoes. But it is an opportunity and it's helped hunter numbers. It's yeah. for the greater good. There, there's new challenges that we face as a society now. New recruiting efforts that live in the R3 movement, whatever you want to call it, to get people to go hunting. It's just the way the landscape has changed. And if we are to have this stay around, we need to stop being shitbags to one another, cool the hell down like Taylor Swift said, <laughs> stop throwing shade. That's going to be the next guest on this podcast, next big one. Yeah, I think we could get her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, She's about as big as they get. That would get us to 50. bigger than Oprah. Pretty. Pretty easily, wouldn't it? <laughs> and then fifty k, click <coughs> one click away. But you need to. K. Let's get her hunting. We need to consider like the next generation. Right, hunt you, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dude, if Taylor Swift came into this house, that'd be very. 
embarrassing. She'd have to walk past the pile of toys and all that kitty litter. Kitty litter. Uh-huh. No, I'm just saying that like times have changed. They, they we're always in a con. We're always in a state of change. We always are. My parents, my my grandparents told my parents, you know, you're not doing things well. I used to do it, and same thing. You know, now I'm I'm at, at this point where I'm like. Whenever everyone comes of age, I can see bell bottoms coming back in style now. But that's one of those things that doesn't change. It's just the cycles. Well, you no, know, that's not how we did it. It, it just it, that it, that it is the thread. With the generation at all, and the bitching just and continues. Sorry, I hate to say it, but making ten-year-olds or twelve-year-olds go hunting in November and not October is not what's making kids soft. Like that one thing is not making your kids soft. And if you think it is, you can choose not to do that. You yeah, you don't have, have to participate to in it. But the guys that, that say a kid shot the deer that I had on yeah. cell cam. On my cell cam. <laughs> oh, oh, crap. It's some shit. Stir the pot. Like, here we go. Over my bait pile. I yep. set up over my bait pile with my cell cam, and this kid shot it. With mm-hmm. a 243. Uh, no, uh, a 6.5 Creedmoor. Oh, 6.5 <laughs> Creedmoor. There you go. <laughs> We've come full circle, fellas. See, you know what you're talking about. But the recruiting <laughs> efforts do need to to align with people that are going to get into hunting now don't look like what our grandpas look like. They just don't. It's a different world. There's too much damn technology and everything. We didn't even talk about, like, you, you came in wearing first light. That You, you have a first light and a Sitka on. I'm very, so yeah, you're I, mean, very I knew it was a controversial topic. Were they fighting with each other on your skin? Did you start a fire in I between those layers? I bought this Sitka top on Camel Fire. Perfect. About ten years ago. So you got it like And it's still my go to. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's a gridded fleece. Yeah. Who doesn't like a gridded fleece? That, so people hate on Sitka gridded. and I don't get it. They're 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 owned by Gore. So you you talked about some. You should talk about that. I mean, not, all I'll not say not is plug them, but like, No, it's not a plug, but all I'll say is like people oh it's Shitka. Okay. You just piss that you can't afford it. Like I am also, actually, because I can't I can't. I can't afford it. And our brand, it doesn't align. Like there's no alignment between okay as hundred and sitka. Like I don't give a shit what you wear. I will say that we need all the help we can get. So, if, like, if I had some nicer shit, maybe I'll increase my odds in the woods. So, sick if you're listening. But, but like, <laughs> Which there's some not. alignment, maybe. Some, maybe, just a little bit. But all I'll say is that. I got a hat. You can't, you can't argue that they make the best technical gear in the space. Because no other company is owned by a $4 billion technology company that makes clothes. Make Gore. They're, they're they have piece, all of the DOD contracts. All of them. So, like. They have access to stuff that no other manufacturer can even get their hands on. The stuff that they do is and incredible. And you for it. And you pay for it. Now, I will say that, like, as a Wisconsinite, I'll never see the full value of a Sitka something unless I go to, like, the Arctic Circle or Alaska. It'd be like buying a fucking Porsche. And I can only get the damn thing in the third gear, grinding it the whole way, by the way. <laughs> like, someone can probably get that car to go 206 gear. It's not going to be me. So I'm not going to buy that because I'm never going to use it. It doesn't make any sense for me. Like, that's it. So again, but people will argue about camel. That's the other hot top button. It's tree stands and camouflage, right? Those are like the big bugaboos. Because we got nothing better to do. Again, I don't. It's not hunting season. That's why. Hey, when it's hunting season, all is well. If you wear a camel, you're until some kid reason. shoots you don't need your buck. I haven't been wearing camel just because I don't really have much. Flannel. He's been wearing flannel. <laughs> it's worked for me. I killed, killed both my deer in the same flannel. I've killed deer in flannel. It's a lucky flannel. That's what I'm thinking, actually. But the underlayers are nice. I'm wearing merino wool. Like, I'm comfortable underneath that damn thing. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I switched to first light boxers last year. boy. My boys felt those great. Are the ones that we get to see <laughs> yeah. coming yeah. up this yeah. A couple of times, I suppose, because you feel me wearing those damn things, too. Taking, well, no, maybe I was taking my shirt off. What was I doing? Yeah, I think that was what it is. 
Is yeah, I had my yeah my gym shorts. I, <laughs> I had my <laughs> gym shorts on in that canoe on the way in. Oh yes, yes, yes. So I got there, I had to take those gym shorts off because I was like, it's gonna be hot, hotter than balls. I'm not gonna wear this stuff in and sweat all up. So I just wore like some nasty cotton shit, and then I I changed over. We when you dumped me out of the canoe, it said go that and way. We're here. Like, yeah. Go to this spot. You didn't need a canoe to get to. <laughs> Yeah, I looked at the map. I'm like, you know, Derek, I don't, I don't know that we needed to hike through that forest with this canoe. I think you could just drop me off. I need to do the things I do. I just do them to make it more. That's how I am. People learn to not follow me anymore because it's like, dude, you didn't have to take that weird path through the that that brush. There's a bridge over there. I was like, oh god, never come to Townsend again. (laughs) I will. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had fun doing it. It just. No, that last spot we went to, man, that would that was really bad. Yeah, like you and I were just like, "What are we doing here? There's nothing in here for us. Like the sign is garbage." Like you ever been to a playground? But that hey, has, like those weird half dome hexagon things. You get pretty excited on? about it at first until you're in the hexagon and you go, "Why is there six hexagons? Why are there six of each them? other?" Oh yeah, it looks cool. It's an, it's it a, looks cool from the outside, but in. once you're in it, it's this is garbage. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. That's about as much controversy as I can think of at the moment. Do you want to talk 6-5 grade more? I don't know anything about that, dude. <laughs> Nor do I care. I just don't. If that's what you're going to shoot, cool. It's probably a nice gun. I can't afford it. It's better than I have. been killing deer with 22s for many, many years. I got a, I got a 30 out 6 Remington 700 in that gun case right back here. Okay. And that's you're that girl. been good All enough right. for me for years. I'd say Eric and I are both the okayest gun hunters for sure. <laughs> I just don't care. Like, I got a 30 out 6. That's what I use. It's accurate. They that's use it in Afghanistan. That's the gun Honestly, that they use. That's all it, I know. it doesn't matter. It, it works. It really doesn't. But... You know, there is something to be said about a firearm that is manageable and very, very accurate versus a firearm that's got a little more muscle and can make up for the inconsistencies of the shooter, right? Yeah, I need all the grace I can get. I was trying out bows at ATA, and I was like, which one has the most grace? That's the one I want. And the bear adapt was pretty. That's the one that got the hunting public branding all over it. It's only got one cam on it. And they're like, that's why... They made that way because those guys are shooting from the ground, laying down in weird crap. So they wanted a bow that could have some of that grace. And it was easy to pull back. I was like, that's nice. I like easy to pull back. I don't need to, like, wreck so my you, shoulder. You pet a few ponies at the show. I did. You did. It was nice. Yeah. You <laughs> even named one. <laughs> Combed its mane a little bit. The coffee Viking was, was like, try this one, try that one. I eventually tried it. I was like, I don't like the lead off of this one. I don't like that at all. I don't want that much power. Is that the only booth you went to for bows? It was. Nasty. I was just over there. Like, man, I was all over that fucking trade throwing floor. I think I got like 12,000 steps for like half a day or something. I was. What was we nuts. should do is do an episode down at the bow shop and just go shoot everything they got on the rack. It's a good idea. Without I know that the owner one without names just just put them in his hand and shoot put, it. Yep, that's put the it best way. It's like when I was young and I I thought like uh, someone dumped like an expensive vodka out into a different bottle and filled it up with Fleshman's, and the whole night I thought I was drinking. You know, absolute or whatever the hell it was, or Grey Goose or something. It was Fleshman's, and they're like, "You're an idiot. That's been Fleshman's a whole night. You can't tell the damn difference." <laughs> nope. Another another Grey Goose placebo. Please. You didn't light a cigarette while you were taking a leak yet, did you? <laughs> I don't smoke cigarettes. I can never get them close enough to my mouth without the smoke pissing me off. So I never did it. Cigarette? Mm-hmm. 
Couldn't do it. Cigarette. I tried. I was like, I'll try it. I'll see. How, I was like, no, this is stupid. I can't get. get and I would cough. And I was like, get out of here. I can't. I don't. Cigars are fine, but they make me drool and I slobber all over them. It's a really strange phenomenon. Well, if you had a dog turd in your mouth, you'd want it out of there too. That's what saliva does. It's clearing the old factories. Yes, and my body doesn't like them, I guess. No. No cigars for me. I think I had that at my wedding. I was like, why am I even having this? Because uh, it's like an image thing. I was like, oh, let's go have a cigar. I got married. Yeah, <laughs> we, we used to smoke those nasty backwoods Backwoods cigars. ones. Oh, yeah. Swisher Sweets. Ones. Cruising down the those road. Those wood tips ones shining, were always taste out. You can get different flavors. Beer with, uh, with a pack of Swishers in the in the old 85 pickup. I never inhaled the cigar. People are like, well, you should inhale them. I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to inhale them. You want to burn your taste buds off? Inhale a cigar. Pretty rough on the lungs. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a man. Not man, unless you're coughing blood. <laughs> Jeez, we got new stickers. That's the other announcement. Uh, they're on the website. Can't eat the bands. Some new d- duck designs coming out. As I be, so we have another podcast that we're going to launch in addition to the fishing one. I'm just not going to tell you guys the name right now, but it's on the it's on deck for Q1. It is be exciting. Get to uh, have an excuse to go do some other hunting. It's going to be fun. There, there's a lot going on between the YouTube stuff, the two more podcasts, maybe three or four, depending on like how the rest of the year goes. Uh, we're we're growing over here. The stuff has happened. It's been a lot of fun. So your cats are gonna like you. If you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, like please do that. So that way, when we drop our stuff, you can you can. We got to give them a reason to. Well, that's, that's gonna that's be the not, reason. That's not good enough. No, no, that that's the reason. Something. Literally, we're producing something. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I've got. Crick's the son of a bitch. I've got I've got an idea about right. some uh, some hunting content stuff that we should talk about because it might be fun or something in the off season. I watched your recovery video, by the way. Oh, did you? The yeah. old one? Yeah. That was fun. But go on, I interrupted you. Oh, no. So oh, you don't want to share them now or do you? You can. Well, I don't know. So I've got, uh, no. I sent it with you guys. Uh, I had a new piece of public that I scouted once this summer, hung some cameras, and I had a couple really nice bucks. That big 10. That yep. beautiful yep. buck. And uh, I really want to figure that out. So I've hunted there a couple times, but uh, I haven't really like been in there that much. So I was thinking that would be like a cool off season. Like, let's go, go learn it. Breakdown. Let's. That's just a good break idea. Down like, how are we? Gonna, how am I going to find this deer? How am I going to hunt this deer? Like, where can we go and just do like a little episode here and there? That's and a good film idea. Film everything yep. and talk about thought process. That means you're going to have to be consistently hunting that one piece. Can you do that? Consistently hunt it. Yeah. In the early season. Can you? Yeah. Are you sure? Okay. I mean, that, that buck was big. I'll hunt there. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just making sure because I know you like to hippity hop around. I do. That doesn't mean I'm not going to shoot another buck. Well, this is true. I mean, you just take the opportunity. This is the thought but. process I would use to try to locate this fella. Let's do it. Tom DeCray said Swishers are the 6.5 Creed more of the cigar world. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good. Nice. Good one. Touche. That was great. I don't have any. I think I'm. I'm tired. I'm really tired. <laughs> I think I'm like a little sick. I I'm warned you guys. I think I'm tired now. <laughs> I think I'm tired now. I'm gonna go, go home. home. <laughs> I'm gonna go home. Yeah. I'm no callers. I'm. I'm shocked. I was really hoping this would be like a radio episode. It's like you know what? You know what really grinds my gears. <laughs> then we get a caller just piping in. The number's still on the screen. We can oh, take caller, a couple. What's pissing you off? Yeah. What's what's got what's got on the what's up your ass today? Got your pants. Pissing your Cheerios, yeah. as Greg would say. Who's shitting your Wheaties? Are you drawing another drawing for uh, trade show season? Are you bringing that one back I up? That not. one's still really popular. Every time I go live, someone's like, what's that drawing in the background? I just had somebody message me today. I told Instagram. them to. Yeah. It was 
probably the same person I told to go you, find you. A gentleman named Hunter. What was it? Gentleman named Hunter something? Maybe it was. Very well could be. Every time I go live, someone says something about it. Cool. I was I was live last night at like midnight showing off that weird Fred Bear thing that I did. And I was like panning to that one. <laughs> nice. It was, I thought it was funny. It was a really weird move. My thought process was like, if I could make a couple AI bots, like, you know, create a derelict looking deer hunting character that could be like Uncle Randy, who's always got some terrible joke. And he'll just be like in our feet every now and again. And then like a couple other ones too, like, I don't know, Tactic Ted, just dropping bombs. Tactic Ted. Yeah, I don't know. This is where my brain went. Uncle Randy is just the guy who says like some inappropriate stuff. I have an Uncle Randy. He says inappropriate things. I have Uncle Randy also, a little bit inappropriate. A lot inappropriate. I will never forget some of the shit he said, actually. And he hated kids. Like, he would, like, grab my, like, their foot, hold them upside down. I'd be like, what's the problem? And the kids would just cry and scream, put him down. That was weird. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, you picked him up by his ankle, so he's not happy about that. My little brother runs off to my dad. And it's like, eh, it's Randy, whatever. You're fine. So, well, I guess uh, show Derek the 6.5 Creedmoor. Meme. Well, we sh- it was in our group chat, Tony. Yeah, Tony. It made us round today. I made sure today. I shared it. That's a good one. There's a lot of good memes out there. We produce a couple of them ourselves. Mm-hmm. I like the repurposed tweets. Those are usually pretty good. The one that I thought up of about like the, I've spent more time looking for a spot to put my trees in than I did buying my house. That's true, probably. <laughs> so that'll make it onto the YouTube show. See me. I don't know how long that scene's gonna be, but. They might do like a couple of jump cuts or a time lapse or something. I'm just walking around this one patch of woods looking up forever. I just couldn't figure where I wanted to go. I was second guessing every decision I made. That's normal. I'm like, if I put in here, well, maybe he'll come it, over it's there. It's easily to mind fuck yourself out of a good spot. Well, I don't know. I mean, they mind fuck yourself into a good one or, or out of one. I don't, I don't what really, know. What really pisses you off is when you, you know you should have hunted a spot. And you decide. I never know that. That's the one thing I don't ever have. You have that inkling, but then you have another inkling and go somewhere else. And then you get set up and you feel, eh, I don't know, maybe this is okay. And then a deer walks past that tree and you go, that was it. (laughs) Yeah. Like the one I killed. I was like, shit, I did it right. You know, but that was the only tree I could have put in. Perfect. So that's a better outcome for me. (laughs) If it's one of the ones where it's like, it can be any tree. I'm like, good luck. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no confidence in that scenario. So like the Northwoods, how you kill big deer up there blows my mind. Cause I would not know no spot. No two spots would look any Just different to me. Close your eyes, spin around five times, walk totally and stop. Yeah. When you run into the tree with your eyes closed, that's, that's the, the one. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, you guys would laugh. Someone said in the comments, I missed it. I was going to bring it up. Someone said, uh, he knew someone that got shot in a leg during a drive. Ooh. That's yeah. not good. I'm not I, surprised. I knew a couple people that had been shot during drives. <laughs> they just weren't with the right group. They shouldn't have been in there, or they got turned around and walked right back into the into the drivers. And a deer happened to run right in front of one of them, and that kid was right there. He ended up catching one in the guts. Mm. That's not good. He survived. Yeah, Rick the pheasant said, the neighbor at camp told me if I wounded a deer that went onto his property, he won't let me get it. Yeah. So I bought a Remington 707 mag. Yeah, you'll put him down with that. I don't understand that either. There's a controversial. Topic. What is the that, effing deal that with that? People say no. Yeah, people say no a lot. I would just never be that person. I don't. I don't get it. Like, no. Why am I going to stop you from getting that deer? I don't give a shit. If I put myself into the situation, which I'll never be in, but if I owned really good private land, Maybe. I had giant bucks that I was hunting, and I had like my week off, my rutcation that I was hunting these giant bucks, and somebody said I just shot a buck. 
no matter how big it was, can I go get it? I'd be like, let me help you drag it out. I would be like, let's go together. Yeah, at very least, you're going to be there how you on your property. I just don't understand it. Yeah. Hunter to hunter. Because you, you know, like, the golden rule important. should be applying they here. That one. Like, that should be the golden rule. But it's not the Treat goal. others how you want to be treated. Like, would you... Because you're a private landowner. That means you're setting the standard in your neck of the woods that... No one's going to come here. What do you think is going to happen when your deer runs on someone else's property then? You think they're going to welcome They're going to gladly tell you no because you're being an a-hole. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel freaking distraught about that. Well, guess what? You created your own damn problem. Stop acting that way. I don't get it. There's reasons. I get it. There's probably things that I don't even understand. I'm not a private landowner. I don't. Well, and every private landowner but. that we've gotten a no from, you know, knocking on doors, I have bad experiences. I don't doubt you had bad experiences because there's probably more bad people that have come and hunt your land than good people. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those, but, you know, they have to be the judge, and it's their judge, jury, and executioner right then. And well, there. what's going to happen is you're going to get people are going to trespass because it's like, you know, um, well, what's the whole thing, like ask for forgiveness later? How's that? What's that saying? Easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably a fair mentality because you're problem. so afraid that someone's going to say no that you end up doing the wrong thing because you think the right thing is going to get you a, a fat no. Well, and when you get busted doing the wrong thing. Then you're in a bad then way. You're in a bigger Bigger and better yep. way. And maybe they would have let you. But th- that's just it. Like, you've heard so many horror stories that people say no. That's one of those lawfully versus ethically. Your you, ethical yeah, you're right. is to retrieve the animal you killed. Yep. But lawfully, that's wrong. Yeah. And there's ethics in law. So it, it boils over. Yeah, the right thing to do is to ask. But I don't know. I, I would, man, if I shot a deer for a lifetime, I'd be like... Depends on how many no trespassing signs I see or something, you know, like it, it would really get you going a little I'll, bit. I'll give it to the private land guys. Like everybody thinks it's always easier. On it's not. Land. It's got a whole different every, set of challenges. I, every time I've ever had an interaction with private land, I have a couple friends who let me on. Dave let me hunt the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, Bo invites me on. There are so many issues and problems every time. I've hunted on private land like four or five times in my life. Every time. Some huge issue with a neighbor, somebody's doing this. Drama. It's like public. You can go out and expect that there's going to be, you're going to run into yeah. somebody, but they're going to be cool. It's 10 times better than hunting private in my eyes. Yeah. The private I mean, has been a nightmare. I've had bad instances too. You know, I went up with my uncle up north and the farmer owned 300 acres. Well, this group hunts over here, this side of the path. We get this side of the path. Well, lo and behold, one of the hunters from the other side of the path had a stand set up. Nobody knew about it except for my uncle. My uncle hunted it. My actual, actually, my uncle put it up, and this guy decided he was going to go hunt that side of the path. So he walks in. He blows two deer out of there. He looks up. What are you doing here? I'm hunting here. Who said you had permission? Well, so-and-so is my uncle. He's got permission. Him and his friends do. I'm his nephew. Well, that's bullshit, and he goes storming off. You can have just as bad a luck on on. Oh, yeah. Tom DeCray said he shot a beautiful mealy in uh, Montana. It jumped the fence, and the guy guiding on that property accused him of shooting it on the on his side of the fence and threatened to call the warden, and he later took the deer as his own. As its own. Wow. That, I would have like, contested that with the warden. And go follow the blood trail. Follow the blood trail. Let's, like, let's go take, the, take up the path here. Yep. I can explain to you exactly what happened. That's, That's crazy. That stuff's terrible. It is. It says 24 inches wide. Made me sick. That's yeah, huge. Batman. And then, yeah. like, then, I mean, and Tom's probably hunted there before or whatever, but, like, if that was your first time out west, like, what would the taste in your mouth be? Yeah, I'm not going you back. Be garbage. I'm not going back, back to that, that drama. Right. Jerk, you know. 
just total jerk outfitters who it's not their land, but they, you know, it's, uh, people suck. I just, yeah, I don't suck. get the uh, kindness, 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 kindness. Just be kind, be good. Well, you're reading the right Doing books. the right thing is always the right thing. Like, books and good books, and all they do is uh, chew off the covers. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that Stoic philosophy stuff, man, I, I really dig it. It's uh it's not like the it's not the Bible or any by any stretch, but it does help me in situ- situations keep a cooler head to prevail as much as I can. It's fun to practice it, like literally try to put it into practice. There's been a si- few situations that have challenged me where I'm like, oh, I so badly want to go punch you in the face right now, but that's not going to solve anything. But maybe punch would. In the right? face. Maybe we should go to the bar, get in a bar fight, and we will we'll be good. I don't know. Don't sucker punch him. Just let him know what's coming. Let yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't. We can just keep rambling, but I think I'm. I'm tired. I'm gonna go home. <laughs> All right, Forrest. We got some music. I'll just. Thanks for tuning in this week. It's been good. Salmon. So yeah, we're just, let me get into this uh, salmon that Greg smoked. Can you talk about how you smoke this real quick? Real easy. Oh. Uh, four parts brown sugar, one part salt. And I think I had. Probably one and a half fillets off of a 20-pound king salmon. Uh, took it off the skin, cut it into chunks, threw it in a plastic container with, again, four parts brown sugar. So four cups of brown sugar, one cup of, you can use kosher salt, canning salt, whatever. Mix it all up in a bowl, coat the fillets as evenly as you possibly can. Six to eight hours in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. That stuff, that stuff, that crystal will actually turn to liquid. That's the salt and the sugar pulling the moisture out of the fillets. You then take them, rinse them under cold water, put them on a drying rack, let them sit. You know, it could take anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, depending on your humidity levels. But I think I had them out on the rack for 30 minutes until I touched them and they were moderately dry and just a little tacky. Mm -hmm. Fired up the grill, got it roaring to about 350, 400. A couple of chunks of applewood soaked in a bucket of water. Pulled the cover off, let that grill cool down about 50 degrees. You throw your fillets on, that takes some heat off. I covered the whole rack. The coals were off to one side. Throw those chunks of applewood on and let her go. Let her go for about an hour at about 200. Well, shit, dude, turn out really good. Yeah. Thank so, you. Real simple. I mean, there's recipes all over. I, I found it off of a guy I followed on Instagram for a while. And uh, he's from Michigan. He's a pretty, pretty cool guy. But if you want a recipe, it's easy. Message Greg. That's simple. Cheers, everybody. Have a good week. See ya. Later.